Oh, I'm done. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm crying. Oh. <laughs> uh, see, there's, there's um, cool parts about podcasts being available, you know, especially Star Wars podcasts because people really dig in deep. Um, the bad part about Star Wars podcasts is that while they don't know um, – uh, they don't know the script, and they don't know what ha- what happens. They don't know the spoilers. They're really good at guessing. <laughs> so I was listening to a Star Wars podcast, and and you know they predicted something uh, like this would happen, and I didn't even think about it. And then when they f- said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So when 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 Luke made an appearance, I was still like so psyched, but I wasn't completely shocked, and I think I would have been completely shocked if. If um if I didn't listen to these Star Wars podcasts, so you know, listen, it's a double edged sword. That being said, even if I did know, uh, just uh, Luke's reveal and appearance was just incredible. I mean, there was a little bit of an uncanny valley because you know you don't necessarily want to hire a lookalike actor uh, because people may not know who he is. Um, so the technology is getting better. It's better than it was in Rogue One, but you know you can kind of you know suspend the disbelief because the emotion is so is so great. Um, so so yeah, I mean the episode was you know I mean the ending just you know made it one of the best episodes of Mandalorian ever, one of the best episodes in television history. I'm yeah, I'm uh, you know just. Uh, Dealing with the feeling of uh, of seeing Luke. Luke's my favorite Star Wars character. Um, I uh, was four. Well, I was born when Star Wars came out, and I th- think I remember seeing Empire in the theaters. But I was really young. I was like four, and then I was around seven or six when Jedi came out, and that's like one of my greatest memories of my life seeing Jedi. And, and I was just attached to Luke. I kind of looked like Mark Hamill a little bit, you know, same color hair. Now I don't have hair. But um, growing up, I, I, I identified with, uh, with Luke. And on an aside, this is why, you know, diversity is so important in movies because Luke inspired me, um, you know, as, as a person, he inspired me. And I think a lot of that had to do with, oh, wow, I, I kind of look like him. And this is why we need more diverse superheroes of, of all colors and genders. Uh, so it inspires kids, you know, maybe not to be a superhero uh, or a Jedi because those don't exist, but maybe aspire to be something better than they, they think they can be. Um, so, so, yeah, so... Um, so with that, the you know the the episode itself was you know it, it began in a, in a solid way. You know, I had some questions where it's like, well, where's the? There were three Mandalorians, um, and there was you know the one guy, and he wasn't there. What happens to Boba Fett? Where did he go? Why didn't Boba Fett come back? I thought when when Luke's ship was being um, was being you know identified, I thought maybe Fett was coming back, but I guess that might have been too predictable. Um. So yeah, the 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 action was good. The planning was was good of the battle. I love how you know uh, the women took charge. Bo-Katan took charge. You know they, they weren't the women characters weren't you know secondary. They 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 um, 
they weren't just, you know, uh, a love interest or a goal of the male characters. You know, Bo-Katan, this was Bo-Katan's plan um, to do that. And, you know, her character being even more fleshed out from uh, her appearances in, in the cartoons. And I imagine we will see more of her, especially since the, the, that Darksaber matter was <laughs> very much unresolved. And now that Grogu is, I guess for lack of a better term, out of the way, and that's really sad, uh, we get to see what the Mandalorian does next. I am curious now what happened to Grogu because there's no mention of him at all in any of the sequel trilogy. So I hope he didn't die. I, 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 I hope he goes off somewhere safe with all the other Yodas, uh, you know, but, but that's something, of course, I would imagine that's something that can be hopefully explored in the books, you know, TV series, cartoons, um, moving forward. But what, what a, what a ride, what an emotional ride. And, you know, the Mandalorian is certainly has fan service, but fan service isn't all bad. Bad fan service is when you just make an appearance of something just to satisfy fans without any context to the story. So, for example, Rise of Skywalker with Palpatine, no reason for him to be there. Even little things like, you know, Kylo Ren putting the helmet together, there's no reason for that. Um, even, even you know, bringing back uh, Carrie Fisher in Rise of Skywalker where there was no just you couldn't do anything with with her because she was dead. So instead of rewriting something as hard as it would be, it's just they kind of tailored the story around the secondary dialogue. You know, so that was a little bit of fan service as well, a little bit. Um, but the fan service in the Mandalorian, especially this season, you know, Ahsoka Tano. Oh my God, how well done was was that reveal of her? Luke Skywalker, holy crap, that was incredible. Boba Fett, incredible. You know, things with, you know, the sand people and, you know, the sand worms and, and, um, Timothy Oliphant's character was a character, uh, in, in, in the books, you know, brought him in, uh, where if you didn't read the books, you, it didn't matter, you know, but if you did read the books, it's like, oh, wow, this is something cool. And, and they would put all those Easter eggs in. I mean, you can tell John Favreau is just, uh, just a lover of Star Wars and a lover of fandom where he 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 creates such an excellent balance and it's not only Favreau it's it's Dave Filoni as well and credit must be given to Kathleen Kennedy where Kathleen Kennedy is in a position where if if someone doesn't like Star Wars oh it's Kathleen Kennedy it's all her fault and she's gonna they're gonna fire her and it's all her fault she's ruining Star Wars but if Star Wars is good oh well that's Dave Filoni and John Favreau they are the saviors of Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy is trying to stop him it's like no Kathleen Kennedy is the head of fucking Lucasfilm Okay, I would imagine, you know, she gets final approval of things and what she says goes. So if, if, you know, listen, I didn't like Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker hurt. I can't watch Rise of Skywalker again. It hurts to watch. Okay. But I love the Mandalorian and I love the stuff they do. I love Rebels and Clone Wars, you know. You take the good with the bad, so if if you're disparaging Kathleen Kennedy for something that's bad, you have to compliment her on something that's good, okay? Please do not have this double standard, and please do not have this hypocrisy when it comes to her. <sighs> so that being said, um, just... Oof, I uh, I can't wait. This is the greatest time to be a Star Wars fan. I know there are, you know, I, I talk to people I know about Star Wars are saying, oh, it's too much. It's, there's too much. Where it's going to have too much going. I don't care. Listen, let me. Li- Star Wars, 
since the sequel trilogies, there have been some so-so things. There have been stuff where it's like, all right, well, whatever, okay. And there's been stuff that hasn't been good. There have been stuff that's there's been stuff that's been incredible. So, listen, we're in peak TV, and you know the writing is so good, and and you know it draws from what I think the Last Jedi did, and and even you know what Filoni has done with his projects, and now and now with Favreau, they see the gray, they see the nuance, they see the the. The you know certain point of views where it's like you know the Imperials call the rebels terrorists, the rebels call the Imperials evil, and then you know you look at you look at the nuance, you look at the point of view, you you look at you look at the damage that war can bring, um, you, you look at that, you you look and see what what what's the the least amount of harm. You you look and see what what war can do to someone. You know Saw Gerrera's uh, prime example. Uh, the person he turned into, but then again, you look at someone like Luke, who you know, Luke killed millions of people on that first first Death Star. The reason he did it was to save the Rebel Alliance going up against an empire that has killed millions of more people. You know, so there is there are gray areas when it comes to war, and that's why war is terrible. You know, um, uh, so. So yeah, so it's 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 the, it's the nuance when it when it comes to these characters, and that's what makes and that's what makes storytelling. That's what makes movies. That's what makes TV when it's done right. That's what makes it beautiful. And and Moff Gideon, you know, raised the point. And listen, he's not dead either. You know, it'll be so cool in Mandalorian season three if they bring Moff Gideon to the to the New Republic uh, for for justice. So we'll see, but. Moff Gideon raised the point where it's 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 not the dark saber because I was wondering too. I'm like, okay, so someone has the dark saber. What's the big deal? The big deal is not the dark saber. The big deal is the story behind the dark saber. Does some and traditions and how just steeped it is in culture, where it's like Bo Katan can say, "I have the dark saber, yay!" and people would be like, "Well, how did you get it? What's the story behind it?" So that provides a dilemma and Mandalorian's like I don't care take it take it and she's like no so that's going to be interesting to see how they how they thread that needle how they get around that problem because she has to win in battle um so wow it's uh, just to see the reaction videos now because I saw the reaction videos with Ahsoka and people are screaming. You know, some of those reaction videos, maybe you can tell like they're they're kind of they're kind of putting it on. You know, they're kind of exaggerating. They're you know they have a genuine reaction, but it's kind of being exaggerated. Some are just like genuine, like holy shit. You know, I was like, I I I I, I was laying down while watching this, and I kind of sat up um, from my bed when I when I saw you know. At first, you know, you saw the lightsaber, and then it's like, oh, is that Ahsoka? But then you saw the X-Wing, it's like, holy crap, that's Luke. You know, and then you saw the hood, and you saw the outfit, and you just, oh my god, the power that Luke wields is just ridiculous. So I hope, I hope we find out what happens to Grogu. Because uh, again, no mention of him. Uh, he's a very, very powerful kid. 50-year-old kid. <laughs> Very powerful Jedi, and just so I would imagine, you know, when he sat on the stone, he was kind of like, you know, a beacon to Luke. Luke found out, go, he went to go get him, and just like when the X-wing arrived, you saw Grogu's ears pop up, and I was like, oh my god, you know, and just oh, the scene of of letting go. Oh, I'm 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 schwitzing now. Uh, 
oof, that was powerful, you know, and it's, it's part of the, the hero's journey, you know, having a mentor, letting go, you know, moving on and it's time for Grogu to move on. And what Luke said, you know, the, the bond was strong and Ahsoka mentioned that and, you know, and, and attachments are, are not good when it comes to Jedi and Grogu was having an attachment to, um, to the Mandalorian and, you know, and Luke said, he's, he's asking for your permission to, to go and, so when Grogu got the permission from the Mandalorian, the attachment broke and Grogu was able to, to move on. Now, the danger when it comes to asking permission, it, 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 now, now Grogu is just a baby. So Luke probably could excuse this because his powers aren't, you know, fully developed yet. But, you know, we're, we're since Grogu's just a baby, it's, it's okay. But, you know, where it, cre- it can create a codependence where Grogu asks permission all the time for someone like the Mandalorian. And the Mandalorian depends on his permission to give to Grogu. You know, that creates a codependence. But again, Grogu's young enough to to have that, it, for that bond to be broken. I mean, there's harm in it because Grogu did have a deep attachment to the Mandalorian. Uh, the Again, the less amount of harm is the fact that Mandalorian let him go, and the less amount of harm is that Grogu is forming bonds with, with Luke, and, and Grogu under, is, is powerful enough and wise enough to understand that this is his kind and this is what will keep him out of, out of danger, not only to others but to himself. Because Grogu's power unchecked is really bad that like emperor palpatine levels kind of bad probably worse so it's going to be really cool to see how what luke does what their relationship is going to be like because between return of the jedi and force awakens there's like 30 years um what happens in that 30 years you know maybe in grogu's time 30 years you know maybe he's an adolescent by then you know so what is he going to be like Nothing has, nothing can happen to Grogu. He has to live forever. God damn it! Um, so incredible, incredible. And I again, Star Wars as a foundation, it just, it, it just, it just gives, it, it lets writers who grew up with this kind of play around. Like Lucas created the the playground. Now, now the writers can play in that playground. And you know, and while Star Wars is some of my favorite movies. The foundations to Star Wars and the storytelling were, you know, basic, well done, but, you know, it, it, it was black and white. Now, with modern day writers, whether it's Filoni, whether it's Favreau, whether it's, you know, oh, God, I for, uh, God I'm forgetting your name. I'm forgetting their, the, the, all the new stuff that's coming out. All different points of views uh, from uh, Perkins, I think is her last name. She's going to do Rogue Squadron. The creator of Russian Doll is going to do something. So it's, it's all these different point of views coming together. And using Lucas's playground to, again, develop nuance, to develop uh, gray areas, to flesh out different characters. You know, the Star Wars trilogy was mostly white, was mostly men. Um, And now we're seeing a lot of diversity, uh, not only in humans, but in species and and cultures. And and it's just, and of course, based on us humans, because we're all human, you know, but it's, it's drawing from different cultures to create something new. It's, uh, drawing on politics. Um, it's drawing on power. It's drawing on action. You know, you need action and you need, you know, it's drawing on philosophies. Now it's drawing on so many things and this is just going to be endless because it's making so much money and it's so good that it's not going to stop. It will never stop. It must never stop. 
So hopefully um, this podcast will never stop. So if you want to hear more, you know, you can um, you can uh, rate. Well, I mean, you can rate to, you know, promote this. But if you want to hear more, feel free to scroll through the past podcasts on whatever you're listening to. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. You can email me with any questions, comments, or concerns at mmampodcast at gmail.com. And uh, the great thing about The Mandalorian is that it provides escape. The great thing about TV and movies and music, because uh, there's some music, movies, and more podcasts, it provides escape from the reality that we're living in. We're still in a pandemic. That being said, escape is good, but it can't be something that you're constantly in because that can be harmful as well. So while we're not while we're not all Jedis, uh, Jedis have power. We have power uh, when we have knowledge. So please, now more than ever, get your knowledge from credible sources of information. Uh, news sources like the BBC, NPR, New York Times, Washington Post, USA Today, where you have gatekeepers information of information that know how to vet that information, that help us navigate this minefield of misinformation that is killing people, that is harming people, that could you know possibly hurt you or someone that you care about. Get your information from credible sources, driven by experts. Uh, because it could very well save your life. Do not get your information from someone like me. Do not get your your information from, I'm not even an influencer, but don't get your information from uh, an influencer. Get your information from scientific consensus, from experts, uh, not from some podcaster who thinks they know something when they actually don't. Google Dunning-Kruger effect, Dunning-Kruger effect, if you want to know more about that. But Google and make sure it's from a credible source, all right? (sighs) I'm going to go cry now. All right, everyone. But tears of joy. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you, John Favreau. Thank you, Dave Filoni. Thank you, Kathleen Kennedy. Thank you all at Lucasfilm. Thank you, George Lucas. Can't forget George Lucas. God. Thank you, uh... And thank you for listening. All right. Take care, everyone, and may the Force be with you. Bye. And I just watched the uh, end credits. When when Mandalorian ended, I just paused it because I was like, oh, my God. But then, you know, I, saw, I said, oh, wow, this is really long credits. So then, you know, fast-forwarded and uh, saw the Book of Boba Fett teaser. So it looks like he's setting something up in Tatooine, in Jabba's palace. Bib Fortuna apparently uh, survived. Well, you know, not for long. And it was uh, definitely an, an homage, homage to, uh, to Return of the Jedi. Just Luke's entrance scene, but now it was, uh, it was Boba and, and Fennec. So that's going to be cool. What's going to happen with him? Is he going to set up his own little, you know, cartel? Or is he going to take over the, the town? Or is he going to, what is he going to do? A bounty hunter ring? Who knows? I can't wait to find out. Yay!